Yeah, this is Mother's Day. I just think moms are incredible. They're, you know, and Father's Day is coming up, so dads are going to get their day next month. So don't feel like we're leaving you out. But uh, moms are amazing. She was saying that, you know, men can build things and they can build, like, incredible buildings and incredible achievements, but only a mother can make a baby. Yeah. And a baby is eternal, right? I mean, that, that living creature is creature, well, say, living being, <laughs> living creature is, is uh, we mean that in a nice way, uh, is, is eternal. And moms are incredible because I think they're up there with astronauts, NFL MVP quarterbacks, skydivers with no parachutes, and ninja assassins. I just think they're amazing. I think, it, you know, whether you're a mom that has children in heaven, uh, children on the earth, or children in your heart, I think moms are just incredible, <coughs> incredible people that are just so... We could probably celebrate moms every day, couldn't we? Uh, I was reading, just preparing a little bit, and this microphone's kind of in my way. I can't really see these two ladies over here, if you don't mind, Neil. Um, I was thinking about uh, moms, and I was reading a little bit about some mom stories. Uh, some, how many of you have been a sleep-deprived mom and done very funny things? Okay, all moms could raise their hand. I have a few stories here. I'm going to read a couple that just made me laugh. And these are actual testimonies that were posted. During my first month as a new mom, I texted my husband, who was in bed next to me, to ask him where he was. <laughs> after a long night, another woman said, after a long night, I had to run to the drugstore. I sat at a red light for what seemed like forever. I even swore at a car that honked at me until I realized it wasn't a red light, it was a stop sign. Now, I've done that myself. <laughs> um, here's one last one. My husband loves hockey. And I really wanted to take him to a hockey game. All I wanted to do was sleep. Oh, he wanted to take me to a hockey game, but all I wanted to do was sleep. But I knew how important it was, so we went. I also should tell you, I'm not a hockey fan. It was at the end of the game. I was fading fast, and they scored. Yay, I was thinking, no overtime. Um, then the screen lit up. And slowly, G-O-A-L came across. And I read it, and I looked to my husband and said, who is Al? I'll let that sink in, okay? <laughs> Do we need to explain that one? <laughs> For some of the sleep-deprived moms here? G-O-A-L. Okay, go Al. Goal. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And uh, I was just thinking about what to share on Mother's Day, and this one thought kept coming to my mind. It's kind of an interesting thought. It's something usually that we, th we talk about on Christmas. But I just thought that this, the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, is incredible, because the more I began to look at it, the more I began to see that, that really we, we really see the gospel we really see a mom that is able to identify with every 
woman at every stage in their life. And I want to just go over just a few of these things with you. Well, let's read here in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now, when we read this, let's not get into Christmas mode. Let's just think about a mom and what she is going through in this extraordinary situation. Next verse. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. She was really stunned. Uh, some commentators say that she may have mistook this uh, this angel as a person just showing up at her, at her door, knocking on her door. And she looked at the angel and just thought, who is this man coming to my door? And verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor or grace with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give, him to, give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And, the end, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And this kingdom, there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Lord, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. I love that. That's a verse that we often quote. And this is a verse that we find embedded in the story of a mom. Isn't it amazing? This is a mom's verse. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, Mother's Day can be really a day of great encouragement, it all could be, also could be a day of just a lot of pain. Um, it could be a day where, I think more so with moms than with dads, I think men, I don't know, maybe we deal with things differently, but I think that with motherhood and with moms, it can be painful because maybe of lost children, uh, both maybe physically and, and emotionally, there's a pain there that really can only uh, be understood by what moms go through. And... Um, but I just want to say that God knows God has been there. Uh, God knows, and he knows he has experienced the motherhood, if we could say, uh, through Mary. Mary was a spirit-filled believer, and I believe that through identifying with Mary's pain, God was able to identify with the pain of a mother There's something that um, I discovered and something that I think that you could relate to. 
Moms kind of go through, and I think Nicola hit it a little bit, or quite a bit actually, and that is what is called mom guilt. And I think sometimes moms, you know, have a standard, as, we, as she said, that really is sometimes a standard of perfection and a standard of achievement. And that is not really what God's standard is for moms. Our, you know, mom's standards is really should be faithfulness and not perfection because we are really, you know, as a mom, your goal is really just to please God and not to try to please people. And I think all moms have experienced going out to an event with their kids and comparing themselves with other moms, saying, well, look, you know, look at that mom, what she's done for their kid. And look what I, you know, I haven't done that for my kid. Or maybe there's a guilt that uh, maybe my child is not going in the direction that I would like him to go. But remember that the standard as a mom, and we see this in Mary's life, the standard for a mom is not a standard of perfection, but it's just being, just clinging to the faithfulness of God as a mother. Um, I was thinking of these words of this old hymn, and the church, I went to a church as a kid for quite a while that sang these old hymns. I'm not that old, but they sang old hymns. And one of the hymns went like this, When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Isn't that great? The faithfulness of God to a mom. And that moms really should abide in the grace and the faithfulness of God. But let's look at Mary here for a second. Mary was not a typical mom. She was, I just love how God does things. You know, God, God's plan sometimes can be really messy, can it? It just can be like really messy. And, you know, and I think that some of us, you know, have spiritual OCD. I mean, I do. I like everything nice and clean and cut and there's like no, no problems. Everybody's praising the Lord and I mean, that's, God's delivered me from that, but that's not the way God is, and that's not the way Christianity and walking with God is. We see, we see this certainly with, with Mary, that she was, and I just want to go through a list of things, and I want to stop, start with Mary really just being someone who was not the typical mother. Listen to this list of things I just compiled. She was a young teen, young teen, not just a teen, but a young teen, legally engaged to be married to Joseph and that legal engagement was usually within a year and she had other plans Mary was not planning to be the mother of, of God I mean mother of Jesus Christ she was not planning that was not part of her plans most Hebrew women had this hope in their heart that they would be chosen by God but she didn't have those plans and I think that moms can find themselves in a situation where I mean, potential moms can find themselves in a place where they're in a place where they didn't have plans for that. Here's another point. They lived in Nazareth. Now, I don't know if you've ever read up on Nazareth, where Nazareth was, but it was a small, poor town known for its lax religion. I mean, Jews lived there, but they weren't really faithful Jews. They were kind of, they just very lax in their religion and in their convictions. And they were very sympathetic to Roman oppressors. You know, the Roman governments was a government that was very oppressive and it oppressed Israel. And the Nazarenes were known for, people from Nazareth were known for being people from the wrong side of the tracks. This is a mom, a mom-to-be from a young teen and she was born on the wrong side of town. 
interesting situation here. She was poor. She didn't have money. She didn't have a lot of money. Uh, but she knew the scripture. She knew the word of God. Here's another thing, a big thing. She got pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, I don't know how else we can look at this. This was just such a unique situation. Here's a woman that by sight in the world, and I just am I'm amazed at that. I said this at Christmas time. Like, I would say if I was God's counselor, if I was God's PR, PR person, I would say, God, maybe <laughs> we don't want to do it this way because everyone can get the wrong impression, right? Well, she was pregnant out of wedlock, and she was facing the risk of shame and divorce. But not only that, but stoning. I mean, she was legally married, even though she was engaged. That's the way the Jewish law went, that you're legally married. And she could have, Joseph and his family could have legally stoned her for being pregnant. I mean, this is the risk that, that God was taking. Very unique situation. And so I think that when moms that don't have plans to be moms and then they find themselves a mother in the future, pregnant, in a very unique marital situation, I think Mary has, we can look at Mary and we can see this is what God could do in a single pregnant woman who finds herself in this situation. Joseph, look at Joseph. Joseph had to believe his fiance and trust God. Imagine that conversation, honey, I'm pregnant. What? I'm pregnant. What? We're not even married. And I mean, imagine the rush of panic that would hit Joseph's mind. What are my parents going to say? You know, what are your parents going to say? You know, what are, what's the whole, what's Nazareth going to say? I mean, Nazareth is a small town and information traveled very quickly. I remember that when my wife and I got engaged, she's from a small town in Poland and everybody you know, like, word travels quickly there, you know. And there were so many interesting stories about who I was. And, and uh, very interesting, uh, funny stories I could probably tell later. But uh, Joseph had to believe Mary, his fiance, and trust God. Trust that God was in this in some way. Joseph married Mary, who was already pregnant. Imagine that. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1 that Joseph took Mary to be his wife. That was a step of faith. Here is Mary who is pregnant. She's the virgin. I mean, let's, I mean, we, there's a lot of respect, and Mary gets really pushed up there in high profile in religion, but let's, let's look at her as a person today. Here's Joseph having to marry Mary by faith. Here's another thing Joseph had to do. Joseph had to adopt Jesus. He had to adopt a son that was not his biologically. Now, I don't want to make this sacrilegious, but this is really what was happening on the scene. Can you imagine that? Mary, Joseph, has to, Joseph says, okay, you're pregnant. We're going to have the baby. Um, I'm trusting God in this. I don't know what's everything's going on. I know God is in this somehow. Uh, it, I know what it looks like, but this is not what it is. Uh, but I'm going to marry you by faith, and I'm going to adopt this boy as my son. That's not mine biologically. Here's another thing. After Luke 2, verse 51, remember when Mary and Joseph are in Jerusalem, and Jesus is 12, and he goes and, and, he goes and teaches the, uh, the, the scholars and the scribes in the synagogue. 
and then they leave and they don't realize that their son is with them. They find him. After that moment, Joseph disappears from the scene. We don't really know what happened with Joseph. Did he die or what, what happened? But the point here is, is that Mary had to raise a young teen without a dad. Isn't that amazing? Young teenager. Here's Jesus about 12 or 13 years old, and she is on her own raising this, this boy. Now, we know that Jesus was perfect. Jesus was not sinning. He didn't have those typical things that teenagers go through. But still, she's alone in this, and she's raising a young teen. Um, Mary had to surrender her son to God and to his son's ministry. And this is in Luke chapter 2, verse 48. That's a hard thing to do when a mom sees God's hands on her child and says, you know what, I'm going to let you go and serve God. I know for my mom, that wasn't easy. You know, I'm the oldest, and uh, my mom was, and I like to say is, because she didn't cease to exist. She's in heaven, so she still exists. And thinking about her the other day, she, I would wake up, we'd come downstairs for breakfast uh, before we went to school. And I remember the Bible being open on the table. Some of you know, may have met my, some of you know my mom. Uh, she was a real stitch, just a very interesting, amazing person. Uh, her, she was a son, she was a, I'm sorry, she was a daughter of immigrants from Denmark and uh, really spoke her mind. <laughs> really told you what she was thinking, it was great. Uh, sometimes it was tough. Mom, whoa, that was, <laughs> just put a filter on that. I mean, a, a nice filter. She was amazing. And she, she, she taught us how to read the Bible, and she prayed for us. And I think it's mom's prayers that really got me and my brother and, my, and the other kids really where we're at. God, I think there's a special channel, you know, from earth to heaven that moms can only access to God. You know, and I, I, don't, I, I can't prove that theologically. I don't know if that's a theologically pr- proven point, but I think the prayers of a mom are very, very, very effective. She had to surrender her son to God and his ministry. And that was just, that, may come, that day may come where God, God's hand is on your child. And, and you have to, by faith, surrender your child to God. And that was hard for her. And we see that that was really a sword for her in many ways. And then another, just a very heart-wrenching thing that no mother should ever suffer or experience. She had to watch her son die. Her son was murdered. That's, that's unbelievable. I mean, what mother has to go through that? You know? No mother should go through a time when their child passes on into heaven before them. But Mary did that. Mary went through that. And we see in the book of Acts, she was the disciple. She was engaged with the disciples. She was there. She was right there. She didn't withdraw. And I think we all know moms that that's happened to. And we know that they're, they're disciples. They're just so engaged with the work of God. And there's so much fruit in their life. It's incredible. And there's some of them are among us here today. Mary went through that. And that's not an easy experience, but Mary went through that. I just love the life of Mary. Uh, look at Mary as a single woman. She was a single woman. And think about her life as a single woman before she became a mom. Three major things that really stuck out for me in chapter 1, verse 28. She was a woman that lived in the grace of God. You know, she just lived in the grace of God. You know, she, she was a woman that just lived in grace. She, wasn't, she was married, but she was single. It's kind of interesting, the whole, she was married to Joseph, but the marriage had not had happened yet. She was engaged legally, but she was still a single woman. So 
we see that she lived in the grace of God. Number two, she was a woman that received <coughs> rhema about becoming a mom. Rhema. That's what that verse says, that nothing shall be impossible with God. You know what that verse says in the Greek? It's amazing. I've never heard anyone preach on it before. I read it through in the Greek, and I was just amazed. You know what it says in the Greek? It says that there's nothing that God has said, which is rhema, that he will not be able to do. Isn't that amazing? There's nothing that God has said to you in your life that he will not be able to bring to pass. So I want to say that moms can hear from God. Moms can receive things from God. This is a woman here. She's a single woman. She's not a mom yet, but she gets a rhema from God about her future child. I think God wants to speak to single women about what he would like to do in their life in the future. And I, I, that has to be God, you know, uh, that has to be God that does that. I like to receive rhema. I like to hear from God. I, say, I like to say, God, speak to me. Talk to me about my future. Talk to me about my family. Talk to me about my kids. You know, like, like Nicola was saying, you know, go to God and, and hear from God about your kids. I think that's really something that God wants to do in single women's lives, that God wants to speak to them about their future. And number three, she was a woman that knew how to worship God in very strange circumstances. What a strange circumstance she was in, right? And, and here she is worshiping God in Luke 1, 46 through 55. She has this whole song that she sings. She knows how to worship God as a single woman. Well, if we look at Mary, who is a mom, Mary, who is a mom, she was just amazing. There's many things here that we can point to. She's a mom that treasured things in her heart. You know, King James, it says that a few times, it says that she hid those things in her heart. Remember that? She hid those things in her heart. God would do something. She hid them in her heart. You know what that Greek word means? Treasured. It's like this little treasure. I think there's like in a mom's heart, I'm imagining that there is a special closet or a special room where she puts all her treasures there. You know, and I'm talking to moms that maybe, you know, maybe your child is in heaven. Maybe you have a dream to be a mom. Maybe you have ch children here with you on the earth. But I'm talking about a special place in a mom's heart where she puts those treasures. It's like a little, it's like a photo album. It's like a, it's a place where mom puts all the trophies of her kids there. It's a place where all these memories are. This is a very special place where moms can put those things there, those treasures of what God is doing in her family. She was a mom that was used by God, and I love this. I love this. I read this, and I just was like, man, I just thought this is so so powerful. Um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Again, the Bible starts off with a mom, with an amazing promise, and it said, mom, was a mom used by God to crush the serpent's head through Jesus. Isn't that amazing? God wants to use moms in spiritual warfare. Isn't that amazing? I think sometimes moms are at home, they're doing what they're doing, day after day, diaper after diaper, dish after dish, mess after mess, you know, thing after thing. And it can get to a point where they may think, well, I'm not very spiritual, I'm not a very, I'm not a disciple maybe, I'm not out there like my husband or other people, you know, making it happen in the kingdom of God. I think that's it's just, that is just what the devil wants, to, wants a mom to think. Moms can be extremely effective in spiritual warfare. And God chose a mom to be an instrument to deliver the Savior of the world. Think of that for a second. Build yourself up. Keep yourself in the love of God as a mom. 
Don't let the devil get you down with the details of life because we all face those details of life. But mom, uh, mom can be used by God to just do incredible things through spiritual warfare. In chapter 1, verse 38, Mary was a woman that walked by faith. She was a mom that walked by faith. She was incredible. She followed her husband by faith when God spoke to him to move. Okay? My wife has followed me to many different places when God has spoken to us to move. And you know, that's an amazing thing. Mom says, you know, here's Mary. Joseph says, you know what, God spoke to me. Notice that God's not speaking to Mary in this, in this matter. God is speaking to Joseph in this matter. And Joseph has to speak to his wife, honey. God spoke to me. We've got to move to Egypt for a little while because we're in danger. And she just gathers all of her stuff together, and she's on the move by faith. That's incredible. Mary was a mom that had a personal cross to bear and to follow Jesus. Remember in John 19, verse 25, when... When Mary is there at the foot of the cross, you know. And what were the what are the one of the seven famous, one of the last seven things that Jesus said? What was it? Woman, behold thy son. That was the sword that Mary had to bear. At that moment, Mary had to look at Jesus, her son, no longer as her son, but as her savior. Mary had to accept at that moment that her son was the savior of the world. Mary needed a savior. We know that. Mary had to look at him and believe on him as her personal savior. But that's amazing. Mary had to take up a personal cross. And I think moms really have a personal cross to take up. When we talk about a personal cross, we're not talking about, you know, this work situation is my cross or this financial situation is my cross or this personality conflict is my cross. A cross is when we, like we heard Nicholas say, where we daily exchange our self-life for the life of Christ. Mary had to exchange her life for the life of Christ. She had to take up her cross as a mom. And in closing, Mary had a son that changed the world. That's all of our dreams and desires, isn't it, that our kids would just change the world in some way. And I think that that's a prayer that we want to pray Mary was a mom that, who had a son that just changed the world. And I think that we can look at our kids and they're going to change the world uh, in some way or another. They are changing the world. They're changing our world, aren't they? They're changing our lives. And they're changing, uh, they're changing our neighborhoods. They're changing our schools. I just want to say that God is so for you today. I want to encourage the moms here. Mary did it. Mary made it. Mary as a woman, sometimes we look at Bible characters and we see the ideal. We say, I could never measure up to that. <laughs> you know? We see, and in Sunday school, it's almost, it's, it's funny, in Sunday school, it's almost a catch-22 because kids are learning about these incredible Bible characters, but we also have to remember that these Bible characters were, were sinners saved by grace that really needed the grace of God, moment by moment. Mary was a woman that really needed the grace of God. And she was a woman, probably very much like moms today, that needed God every moment by moment. So God is really for moms, just like Mary. And let's live with, you know, think with God about who you are in Christ. And don't put yourself up against a standard of perfection 
but just lean on the faithfulness of God. And then we fulfill, really, the miracle of motherhood. Amen? All right, Father, we thank you, God, for these moms here.